Uh, today's scripture reading uh, comes from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. Um, I'll be reading out loud from the English Standard Version, and I encourage you guys to read uh, as it's, it just show up here on the side of, uh, of the screen. The title, The Narrow Door, Luke chapter 13, verses uh, 22 to 30. Verse 22. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and not be able. When once the master of, those of, of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock on the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you and say, I do not know where you came from, where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And the people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. This is God's word. Today we have the privilege, uh, Pastor Jeff, uh, to give us the message uh, entitled, The Narrow Door. Pastor Jeff, over to you. Will the saved be many or few? How's that for a question they lobbed out uh, to Jesus? Verse 23, someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? This was a common question in the day, the rabbis and the common people would debate about it for uh, hours on end. There were different views. Mostly the Jews, uh, the answer to the question from the Jews was uh, few. Only a few people will be saved. Only the Jewish people, and some of them said even a select group of the Jewish people would be saved. The Essenes were like a sect that lived apart. They said, only we will be saved. Some of the rabbis in the ancient world said, just as Joshua and Caleb, who were two of the 12 spies that went into the promised land. Do you remember this story? There were 12 spies, they were two of them. And just as they were the only ones who eventually made it into the promised land, just so, the proportion of those who make it into the kingdom of heaven will be two out of twelve, one-sixth. My point is they talked about it a lot and here this person in the crowd wants to know, well what's your opinion of this important question? Will the saved be few or many? It's a pretty hot question throughout history, including our day also. 
You may remember that a few years ago, Rob Bell stirred up a hornet's nest with his book called Love Wins. And he was implying that the answer to uh, the question is many, many people love wins. God will open the door um, and uh, many will be saved. Uh, the Pew Research Group does a lot of religious uh, surveys and demography. And they said, according to their studies, more than half of evangelical Christians, like a crossbridge, uh, say that many religions lead to eternal life. They also say that Jesus is the only path to God. So there's some ambiguity and some tension there. Jesus is the only way, but no, there are many ways. I read about a camp uh, called Camp Quest near Sacramento in California. It's designed for agnostics, atheists, free thinkers, and humanists. And the mission of the camp is, quote, to promote respect for others with different viewpoints, values, and beliefs, which is a good thing. But the camp director uh, says it's sort of a vacation from Judeo-Christian culture. The final event in the week of camping is a competition for the kids to create their own religion, uh, which they believe will, according to this passage, enable them to enter the kingdom of heaven. So my point is, it's a current question as well as an ancient question. How are people saved? Are we all just climbing up different sides of the same mountain? Will, will it be, you know, many people or just a few people? And here's how Jesus answers with a story. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a wealthy landowner, had a nice uh, estate, a nice villa, and he decided to give a great banquet. And he ordered uh, the, the best wines and the best uh, dishes. He hired uh, musicians to play. He had a nice sort of courtyard area in his estate. And he made all the preparations. And a big day came. And the people came. And they, but it was funny because. Um, in order to, to get inside into that banquet hall, that center area, uh, there was just one door, and it was, a, it was a weird door. It was very narrow, very small. It was only about maybe this wide, and if you were a big person like I am, you had to snoop down and kind of accordion your way through, but uh, people were able to get through, and they got in, and they had a marvelous time. Oh, the smells, roasting uh, lamb and different kinds of fish, and the music was playing. There was uh, stringed instruments, and I, 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 kind of like a flute and a, a, a tambourine or some rhythm. And it was a beautiful, wonderful, generous banquet. Well, there were some people outside uh, that narrow door 
and they heard these sounds and they smelled these smells and there were like just a few windows uh, that they could look in and they're kind of hoisting themselves up and looking in there and they're like whoa uh, hey sir uh, open the door for us because he had closed it already you see and the uh, the host says um, he's kind of talking through the door well, who, who are you do, do I know you uh, where do your people come from and the people on the outside the other side of the door say oh yeah 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 we know you um, hey look <clears throat> we, we, we ate together remember we went out to Applebee's together and uh, we heard you teach oh man you're a great teach you what, what was it blessed are the poor for they will be and blessed are those who mourn because something uh, we, we really like your teaching it's real like poetical and stuff so sure we know you uh, uh, can we come in and the host says through the door well I don't know you who who are your people anyway where do you come from you're trespassing Go away, you evildoers. And the people, I mean, they're kind of, you know, looking through the windows and, and um, they see these honored guests at this banquet hall. There's Abraham. <laughs> There's Isaac. And who is, that's Jacob. Who are those other people? The prophets. Oh, and they're, they want to be there. These are, these are their heroes and the founders of the faith. Now, hang on. Hang on. There's other people there, too. And their, their, uh, their weeping turns to anger. And they, the Bible says they gnash their teeth. That's like, it's a sign of anger. Because you know who else is here? Gentiles. Yeah, you heard me. You can tell, just look at them. They dress differently. They, they don't know our customs. They don't even wash before uh, the, the banquet. And what are they doing? They're sitting there and we're on the outside and they are so angry. And Jesus says, the last will be first and the first, you guys, <laughs> will be last. And that's the end of the story. So, has he answered the question, will the saved be few? Well, if he has answered it, it's something ambiguous, isn't it? This Jesus often does this. Uh, on the one hand, uh, the answer is, um, yes, the saved will be few. It is a narrow door. The host will shut the door. People will be on the outside. So on the one hand, he's saying, yes, uh, it will just be a few. On the other hand, there's all sorts of people, Jews and Gentiles and everybody down at this banquet hall. What, what does he say in a, a verse 29? And the people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and they will recline 
at table in the kingdom of God. So on the other hand, you know, it's wide and lots of people will be there. Jesus is <coughs> prophesying what's later picked up in Revelation chapter 5. Do you remember? At the great, you know, worship service in heaven at that final day, there will be every tribe represented in every language, in every people group, in every nation. So Jesus is saying, lots of people will be there. So what's the answer to the question? Well, I, I don't think he meant to give a clear answer. He often teaches this way. He tells stories. He, he, um, he throws the ball into our court and he says, you think about that for a while and you determine, and here's this point, will you be there? He takes theological inquiry. Will the saved be many or few? We like to talk about this. The rabbis say this. He takes this sort of theoretical point and he turns it and makes it personal. He takes theological speculation and turns it into personal exhortation. Will the saved be few? Answer, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. He turns a concept into an action verses 23 and 24. Someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. And that is his answer. And that is the teaching of this passage. Why then, let's, let's just dig a little deeper, deeper and probe, why does he urge the listeners and command the listeners, strive, make every effort to enter the narrow door? He does so, first of all, because a false sense of security often accompanies mm, religiosity, Remember the audience he's talking to. He's going through the villages and the towns. These are Jewish people. And apparently they had a false sense of security. Hey, we're in. Hey, we're good. We're part of the chosen people. Cool. When they ask, will the saved be few? They're talking about other people, like those bad Jews or those Gentiles or, you know, these different people. And he's saying... Don't let a false sense of security lull you into, uh, to keep you from striving to enter the narrow door. Look at verses uh, 23 and 24 once again. Oh, excuse me, verses uh, uh, 20, 26. Uh, hey, we ate and drank in your presence. And you taught in our streets. Yeah, we know who you are. We ate together. We heard your teaching. Yeah. We're in. And Jesus says, Once upon a time, there was a banquet 
and it was a great banquet, but there came a point where the host rose and shut the door. And there's weeping outside and, and, and there's anger. Ugh. So make sure, strive to make sure you go through the narrow door. And that's the first reason that he has warned them and given them this, uh, this teaching. And so today, perhaps, we think about, uh, here's a lady that has grown up in the church, and she's, she's, she's a church person. She goes, she's there 35, 40, 45 times a year. She's a regular attender. She has some knowledge of the Bible. And uh, somebody says, hey, do you think when you die that you'll go to heaven? She says, well, yes, of course. And why is that? Because uh, I go to church. Is that what Jesus meant by make every effort to go through the narrow door? Uh, here's, a, here's a young man. His family is a Christian family. His parents pray at meals, and they attend church together. They do other, you know, religious things. He even went to a Christian school for a few years. If you ask him, he could recite a few of the Ten Commandments. Hey, are you, are you going to go to heaven when you die? Are you part of the kingdom of God? Well, yeah, of course I am. And why is that? Because I'm a Christian. What does that mean? It means, uh, uh, you know... I go to church and, uh, you know, I try to be nice. And Is that what Jesus had in mind when he made this personal exhortation? We know you. You taught in our streets. We ate together. We hung out together. Make every effort to enter the narrow door. There's a false sense of security that can come over us if we perform religious actions. And perhaps we depend on those actions rather than on becoming a true apprentice, a disciple of Jesus. So he gives that warning. There's a second reason he, he, uh, he makes this exhortation. Second reason he tells this story. And it's this because the time for decision is limited. I'm taking that from verses uh, 24 and 25. Remember, it says, strive to enter through the narrow door. Many, I tell you, will seek to enter and not be able, because when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, people will be on the outside weeping, becoming angry. So there is a time when the door will be shut. I'm not sure if that means at our death, you know, no further opportunity to repent and believe. It may mean at the second coming of Christ, you know, when he comes back, it's, it's time for judgment. It's no longer a time of patience and waiting. But now he's seated. He's there hosting the banquet. He is, he is patiently waiting. The door is open. He's going to shut the door. It's currently open. 
And so the second reason he gives this exhortation is because time is limited. We don't know the day of our death. We don't know the day of his return. Uh, he, Jesus leaves it ambiguous. We do know the door will be shut sometime. So concentrate. Think about it. Squeeze through. Make it a priority to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then the third reason he exhorts them is because apparently, according to the teaching of Jesus, some kind of effort is needed to enter that kingdom. That's why he, he says, put effort into it, make every effort, strive. The Greek word is agonizomai. You hear our word agony, it doesn't mean, you know, you have to like torture yourself. It's a, it's a striving word, it's a training word. It's, it's, it's a, found often in the ancient literature with athletics. You know, work out, train your body, you know, lift weights, uh, work out. Agonizomai, uh, train, uh, dis discipline yourself to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus is saying, you know, you know the effort that you put into your athletics, uh, into practicing basketball and running uh, wind sprints? <laughs> you know the effort you put into your dance? I mean, you're sweating and you have to stretch and work out. You know the effort you put into the 100 meter uh, butterfly? That's your event? Put that kind of effort into being my disciple, becoming part of this great kingdom. Somebody says, oh, hang on now, I don't, you know, that sounds like works. It sounds like you're saying we're saved by works. And the Bible is clear we're saved by faith and it's by grace, not by earning. And my response to that is, yes, you're spot on, and I agree with your instinct, and I agree with what you're saying. The Bible is clear we are not saved by doing things. But when it says that, when it pits faith against works, what it's really pitting is faith against earning. We can't earn our way into heaven by doing all these religious activities and hearing the teaching and it's not like some big balance scale here's our good stuff and here's our bad stuff and you know oh I better get some more over here and so it'll it'll uh, help me get through the narrow door no it is by grace and faith but faith is a whole person uh, uh, activity and worldview and belief system. It affects the mind, it affects the heart and the affections, it affects action. And Jesus is saying, don't settle for what today we call easy believism. Just, you know, I believe, I, I said the words, I, I have a casual acquaintance, I, yeah, I sort of kind of believe that. Don't settle for that. Let that belief system work its way into your heart. We are to love God with our heart and soul and mind and our strength, agonizomai, strive to enter the narrow door, which is the way into the kingdom of heaven. So that's Jesus' teaching. 
somebody might say, I don't, I don't know, I don't like this closed door policy. It just sounds very judgmental and rejecting. And isn't God a God of grace and love? Isn't he on our side? The answer, once again, is I agree with your instinct. And yes, God is on our side. He loves us. He is patiently waiting. He's thrown this great banquet. The door is currently open. He's reasoning with us. He's persuading. He's inviting. Anybody can come, even those Gentiles, <laughs> north and south, east and west. But the Bible teaches, Jesus teaches, there's coming a day when this narrow little door will be closed. And so he takes a tough question. Will the saved be few? And he turns it and he asks, will the saved be you? If you would like to commit yourself, if you would like to go through the narrow door, you might inaugurate that. You might begin that journey by saying something like this to God. Dear Lord, your word says that the door into your kingdom is narrow. But it also says the door is currently open. Many are coming from all over the place. I want to be one of those people. By your grace, help me to make every effort to enter the narrow door. <laughs>